This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hi, guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. For joining me today, for those of you that don't know me, I am Judy Cho. I am a nutritional therapy practitioner and I work with my clients to get to root cause healing. And I try to share videos on my channel to help you to find your own root cause healing as well. All right, if you enjoy this video, please make sure to subscribe, hit the bell, like this video. This allows me to provide you more free content. Adjusting to get used to how big our heads are on Instagram Live. I don't know if you noticed, I'm just always like, okay, I gotta like lean back. But I know I used to, I'm usually holding the phone, and so it's like、oh, right、yeah. in front of your face. And so I had to scoot back a little more. But hi, guys. <laughs> how are you, Judy? It's been a while. We have, I haven't seen you、uh, since March. Yes. <sighs> I miss you. I know, I miss you too.、Um, It's been good, just really busy. I know you've also moved too, right? How have I you know. We're good. We're just getting settled. We got all the girls set up in the backyard, of course,、uh, first thing. And I posted on my story, but we set up our Christmas tree this weekend. I figured、oh. instead of putting all the boxes away and then getting them out in a week, we just would put it up a little early. So that's awesome.、Do、yeah, we're getting settled. So, what did you guys?、Um, so, if everything's all kind of set up, what do you guys grill today? We, we used everything today. We grilled steaks on the regular Weber grill. We smoked wings on the smoker, and then I crisped them up in the auto wild at the end.、Uh, just to like on chicken, sometimes when you bake it or smoke it, it doesn't get really crispy. And so I used the auto wild to make it really crispy. Yeah, I still need to try like a steak on the auto wild because I've heard from people in the community that the crispness is like another level. <laughs> I still need to come over and try your. Um, I know. So, I know.、Uh, hopefully,、uh, we can work it out where you can、uh, come here and eat one in person and I'll grill for you. Okay. Yes. Sounds good. So, let's get into some of the questions.、Um, you know, there was one that we said we were going to talk about. So, one is salt, one is the gut healing. And then, if,、um, if you can read the kind of question that we got. Yeah. So, the, one of the first questions we want to start with, and then we'll answer more questions too as we go along. 
Um, but what is your input on salt? And I'm very curious about this as well. So the question was, I'm seeing other influencers saying that salt's not good and it causes inflammation and more hunger. Um, I eat salt. I know this person eats a lot of salt too. I just enjoy a lot of salt. And so I've also heard other people saying salt's needed and really good for you. So what is your opinion on that? So I think the standard American diet, kind of the nutritional um, sort of recommendation, I think is like two teaspoons a day. And I think as a keto slash carnivore diet, you probably need more than that because we just don't have that excess insulin that's kind of holding in all the glucose and the um, molecules of uh, water that have also the sodium. So one, we definitely need it for that reason alone, especially if you are low carb. Right. You, anytime you kind of have excess exercise, you pee, all of these things, um, you have loose stools, all of that will deplete you of your electrolytes. So for that alone, you definitely need sodium. Um, there are also, so if you think about it in our blood sugar for glucose, we have about like four to five grams of glucose at any time in our bloodstream, but then salt, we have like, I think like 15 grams or more in the body. So again, it is, um, it is life for us to survive. And the thing is, as we, again, are low carb, we don't have as much um, in reserve. And so we need it more. The other thing is, if you are stressed, if you have adrenal fatigue, if you have just an imbalance of adrenals because you have been just using a lot of the endocrine system, um, you even need more salt because adrenals love to hold on to salt. So if you, again, are just burning cortisol day and night, then you will need more salt. And so for that reason, you should also be consuming salt. The other thing is, it's just really interesting. So I just interviewed a person about migraines and I was asking her, you know, what causes migraines? And her number one thing is sodium depletion. So she is saying that basically genetically, and her name is Angela Stanton. I'm sure some of you guys know her, but she basically said to me that in our video, she said that migrainers are typically, um, they're genetically kind of wired to get migraines. And so they need basically double the amount of sodium that the average person needs. And then when you're low carb, you even need it more. So for migrainers, the thought is maybe you're having the migraine because you're actually really depleted in salt. If you eat any foods that have carbohydrates, those actually remove salt even more in your body, which is why you'd even need more salt. But you need also the balance of potassium. So for her, she's saying remove the carbs, eat a, she's like, uh, I think her recommendation was like a quarter teaspoon of salt every hour. So it's a lot, right? Yeah. And so it just goes to, and you know, like Angela has studied a lot about migraines because she suffered it. And now she has a group of over 7,000 people and they just live off salt. Okay. So it goes back to this question of, should I just remove salt because of inflammation? So you, your body can retain water and the sodium because if you're stressed, right? So there's a hormone aldosterone that's related to adrenals that then basically hold on to water, which can then cause the high blood pressure. That is not the, the source is not the sodium. It's because there's an imbalance somewhere else. So manage your stress, um, manage your, you know, glucose levels. Are you having the up and down of glucose, insulin, cortisol? So all of these things are causing maybe an imbalance of sodium but sodium and salt is life it's I, I honestly i think it's foolish 
to say, I'm going to cut out salt because I'm retaining water, I'm swollen, all these things. I think it's very dangerous. And I think that people that are saying that online, it's, it's, um, it's wrong, honestly, like, I, I never take such a strong stance. But there are, I'm, I'm sorry, like being just really real. It's just there are influencers in the space that are in it just to be popular, to be cool. And they don't care what they say, because, hey, if it brings me more fans, more, more wishes of this, like, um, ideal diet, that's not really real, they're gonna do it. And they just don't care. They don't work with clients to know that, hey, this actually affects people, right? So I have seen there was a YouTube video a few months ago where someone was saying they don't eat any salt. And so some of my clients stopped completely adding salt and it detrimentally affected them. And so I was like, you need to start adding salt again. And they're like, Oh, thank you. Like I love salt. And after watching that video, I just stopped it. And, and it's just, they're just sharing their anecdotal stories. You have to know that your situation, your genetics, your metabolic, your age, your hormones, all of that is so different just because one person has a lot more followers, is more popular, whatever it is, that doesn't mean they're any better than you. And so it drives me wild when people are like, don't eat salt because it causes bloat, it causes this. It's like, really, like, do the research. I have a something section. else wrong, right? There's something else. If you're getting the bloat and, the, and you're getting the migraines and you're getting the water retention, there's something else going on, right? For somebody who doesn't know anything about all the science and all the nutrition stuff like you do. I feel different when I'm eating salt. I feel more energized, especially like, I know we're going to get into this later, but especially if I'm fasting, I will wake up with massive headaches if I don't have salt. salt. Um, first of all, it's obviously a taste good too, but I can tell a big difference. And if I'm slightly under my salt intake, that's when I tend to retain water. I need to up my salt and water before I can flush things out. Again. And that so, makes sense. Yeah, That makes sense because or again, it's the adrenals, just because yeah. it's, it's not always a one-to-one, -one, right? So Sarah saw this in her kind of um, hormone stuff, but your, her hair tissue um, test, but you can consume less salt, but your adrenals will still hold on to salt and you'll still feel bloated. That does not mean lessen the salt. It may actually mean, and so I think that's what Angela said, even in our uh, YouTube video, she said, you actually need more salt. And so your body's like, and I had a client recently, so she uh, cuts out all her fat lately because it makes her have loose stool. She doesn't feel good. So she's like, but for some reason, whenever I eat fat, I can't stop eating fat. And it's, it, that, these are the cues. Your body's saying, it's not saying don't eat salt. It's actually saying maybe you need more salt, right? It's retaining the salt because maybe you actually need more salt. And so whatever amount you're going to give, the body's going to hoard it, right? I, if anything comes out of this, I am just saying, Use salt, trust it, uh, trust your body, figure out what you need. Um, I am a fan of doing like soul water and maybe getting some um, sodium and minerals through that. But I am not a fan of people that just say things as absolutes online because it's worked for them. And some of their mega fans are saying it worked for them too. And then it's like, oh, hey, in my group think world, right? Everything works for us. So therefore that's the answer. And it's just- Philo. Yes, it's it's so dangerous. So I if anything, if anyone gets anything from this video, it's really like, 
do your this is why we're starting with this <laughs> i know it's so dramatic but it's like, i think we you know we've there. talked about sorry we've talked about before too then when it doesn't work for them and when they're hurting then they don't come back and tell you hey by the way that's not working for anymore they just slowly disappear and go find something else and somebody else to 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 listen to so they're not hearing the negativity that comes back from it i guess sorry. no absolutely that's that's true too i think a lot of people and that's what i always worry too is if some people get the supplements I recommend in terms of gut healing, what about the people that are not working? Like, I want them to come back to me and tell me like, hey, it didn't work, like what the heck, right? Because that's how I can fine tune, how I can support the people too. So um, yeah, I, I agree. I think there's people that will try certain a, some, certain somebody's protocol and it didn't work and then they're not gonna go back. Instead, they're gonna get the, oh my gosh, I listened to you and my life has changed now, right? So you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, funny. Um, so, you know, another question actually I've been getting a lot lately is uh, gut protocol. So I just want to really quickly address this. So I know I've been sharing a lot about gut health um, and mental health. And the thing is, I know a lot of you guys want this like one silver bullet, pretty package answer of how do you do gut healing? Like I get it now. I get it. I'm going to focus on gut health, but what does that mean? So it really varies per person, right? So if you have really loose stools or if it's you're having bloat, the results or, or the answer is really different. So that's why I don't say do X, Y, Z. I, I would love to do that. I'd be a gazillionaire, right? Because everyone has gut health issues. Right. The thing is you have to just figure out one, like where is your root cause issue in your gut? And then you can kind of go from there. I do have a gut healing kit, but it's for like general kind of gut healing, right? So probiotics, I think everyone can use, especially if you use antibiotics that I think everyone has in their life. But the other stuff, it's like there's like betaine HCL, there's digestive enzymes, which again, those are beneficial for everyone. But if you have like SIBO or C. diff or MRSA or all these more kind of difficult ones, the gut healing protocol is going to shift, right? If your primary issue is loose stools, the probiotics can definitely help with that, but it might be a little bit more ox bile or more support for the gallbladder. But if you don't have a gallbladder, it might be something different, right? So that's why I don't say it. It's not like I'm trying to be vague and say heal the gut and then not share. Right. It's just, it really varies. And it's just do the homework and try to pinpoint where is it? Is it the stomach? Is it not enough stomach acid? Is it the small intestine? Is it the large intestine? Is it um, you have an overgrowth of something? Is it candida, right? Based on that, then you can determine how you will do your gut healing. But in terms of food, a, a, the cleanest meat-based diet is the way to go. Um, yeah. So the, the next thing I want to talk to you is one more question I've been getting a lot lately is, you know, I've been saying in a lot of the podcast interviews I've been getting on that I found that two pounds of meat doesn't work for me. Um, you know, I think we both joined carnivore similarly around the same time. Mm -hmm. So what has been your experience with like, you know, some of the old mantra of like, never fast, uh, two pounds of meat. Um, if you don't feel well, just keep eating more meat. Uh, you can never gain weight on just eating meat. So let's hear your story. I, I mean, I think I'm known as like the person who eats steaks every day. I think that's pretty uh, a common, but I also, everybody knows that I'm a big faster and I love fasting. The only time that I can get away with eating two pounds of meat every day, especially ribeye, because I think unfortunately two pounds is not a very good measurement because the calorie intake between two pounds of ribeye versus two pounds of ground beef versus two pounds of top sirloin versus pork. Like those are so very different uh, as far as like nutrients and fat and calories. And so I think two pounds is 
I did spend a long time eating two pounds of meat and I was exercising intense exercising uh, during that time. And I was doing at least two 48 hour fasts a week. And so I was losing and maintaining, but since I've not been exercising in the same way. And since I'm not as aggressive with my fasting as I was, first of all, I'm not as thin as I was, I have gained weight because I still think that I can eat as much as I did. Um, you know, my history with food is somebody who just overeats. I don't have to be hungry to eat. I don't have to be hungry to eat a steak. I don't have to be hungry to eat anything. <laughs> just I can eat something. Um, and obviously you stop in at that point in my meal. Um, but then if I waited a few more hours later, just cause I'm not hungry, doesn't mean I couldn't sit down and like start eating again. Um, which is why fasting has been really important for me mentally and physically. So I can sit and eat and eat just right now. I had um, a New York strip and I had some wings and it was a lot of food. That New York strip was about a pound. And then I had a bunch of wings on the side, but when I'm not aggressively exercising and working out, I'm, and I eat ribeyes with, butter i'm much more like around a pound and a half of meat and less because i'm adding a little more fat to it i do like eating my one big meal at a time and i don't necessarily think it's the best for your gut health i agree with that i can sometimes if i go to fogo and i really i do experience some like loose stools and some stuff afterwards it's not the best for your gut health it's mentally though what i can handle as i'm still trying to heal my relationship with food uh, i can't take that same amount of food and space it out three times over the day because I'll just eat that much twice or three times. Like I can't stop. And so that's still part of where I have healing that needs to happen. Um, and but I definitely, I'm not in the two pounds. I mean, I'm definitely somebody who eats steaks every day, but it's less. And you know, I, I'm not as aggressive with fasting, uh, the way that I was, which is why I'm not as thin either, you know? So, and I think that's really good information. Um, if you can kind of tell the people like, on average, what is like two pounds of ground beef in terms of calories? And then what is, if you know, kind of or two pounds of like ribeye and how the caloric difference is? Yeah, so it depends. And I don't know. I know Linda's on here too. So maybe she can do some math. I, when I do two pounds of fatty ribeye, because there's different marbling yeah, and stuff. Yeah, sure. I believe it's like 2,300 calories okay. for two pounds of ribeye when I had used to track that before. You can get ground beef, and especially if you drained that ground beef, you know, it could be more like 1,600 calories, 1,400 calories. I've seen, you know, ground beef, especially if they're like pre-made patties and you're not eating the fat that it's cooked in, it can be 1,400 calories for that two pounds or uh, around 16. So there's a massive difference yeah. in those yeah. two, which is why when I stopped exercising and was still eating the 2,300 calories, uh, I, that's why I was gaining weight because I was eating way more than I needed. Yeah. And that, um, everything you're saying is so true because when I was working on one of the tables for the book, there's numbers on ground beef that when you cook it, and if you don't eat the rendered fat, it becomes right. the leanest ground beef. So if you, mm -hmm. even if you are like, I, I buy the 78, 22, or maybe it's not that number, but the oh, right. 73, 27, if you buy the highest fat one, but then you don't eat any of the rendered fat in the meat, you're eating basically 90, 10. And yeah. I didn't know that until I actually did the numbers for the book. And that's so eye opening. So if you're not eating enough fat, and then you're eating and you're saying I eat two pounds, but then your hormones are going to, you know, this and that, right. then it's just maybe you're still kind of under eating, right, you need to have more of that fat. So it's just, it's really good to know. And then I think it's helpful that, you know, you're a person that I think has healed. And, you know, you don't have that eating disorder history. So where fasting can be beneficial, right? So in my book, I talk about, 
hey, here's all these disclaimers. If you're using fasting for X, Y, Z, then maybe you shouldn't be using it, right? Like if you're extremely adrenally deficient, right? So if you have all these stressors, um, you've been diabetic, all these things, then maybe fasting later can be beneficial, right? So I have all these things, but then I go on for pages about the immense benefits of fasting. So I know there's some people that are thinking, oh, am I anti-fasting? I'm not, but it's just, you have to know where you are. So for me, for example, I'm normally a big faster where, you know, like we've done extended fasting together, but I've been working so much because of the book that my adrenals I know are getting affected by that, right? So I'm not sleeping enough. So I had to let go of the fasting because I can't pull every lever, right? And it's just not smart. So for now, because of my lifestyle, I've paused on the fasting. But in the future, if I want to do one like a cleanse, right? Um, but I'm not working the hours I am now, then it'll be probably more realistic then. So the fasting is you have to know yourself again and then figure out what works for you. Same thing with the meats. I think fat is really good. I mean, I think you experienced that too, right? So just um, eating super lean is not beneficial or even just like um, losing too much weight at once then can actually affect your hormones. So, And that's where my hormone issues came into play was just a combination of losing so much weight so fast. And then when I got to my thinnest, right, I had lost 100 and uh, 100 pounds and was like, okay, now I need to tone up, lose the last 20 pounds. Let's add exercising. Well, because I can't do anything in moderation, I like really started exercising like crazy. I was over exercising, but I was still fasting and I was still kind of going crazy on that. That's when my hormones were affected was I got super thin. I mean, at one point, right, I had been a size 22 at one point and I was down wearing size two, size four pants. And um, I was exercising four or five times a week. I was still fasting like crazy. And then all of a sudden that's when my cycle stopped. Yeah. Uh, and so I, that was not a good place, right? I had to, I got everything back working normal again after about six months, kept everything carnivore. I just, because again, I can't do moderation, stopped exercising. You don't have to stop, but I did. Um, and then I still am do, able to do fasting now because my weight balance, I just needed to, to gain a little weight and then balance things out at the time. But Fasting has been really important for my mom and my husband also because they both were obese, fatty liver, insulin resistant, type 2 diabetics. And so for all of us in those contexts of obesity and lowering blood sugar, that's why fasting has been important for us. I got to a point where my hormones were not in a place where it was healthy for that. And so I stopped. And then now because of my weight, I'm able to um, balance that. Um, but like you said, I don't eat ground beef. People always ask why I don't eat ground beef. It is the cheapest way to do it. But if I were to eat ground beef and a bowl of that rendered fat, I would be in the bathroom for the rest of the day. Like that wrecks my stomach. Um, and if you drain the fat off, like I did, like you said, it's the leanest thing. Linda's messaging us down below. It's, um, uh, I like exactly like I said, I run 1800 calories for two pounds of ground beef and the two pounds of ribeye is around, uh, 2300 or 2600 calories. So that's a thousand calorie difference Yeah, it's huge. Um, in the yeah. same volume of food, depending on, on what you're eating. And also, I guess, too, back when I was eating two pounds of meat, I was really crazy about trimming out all of the fat from the inside because I didn't like all that really globby fat. So now that I have found myself eating uh, more fat because I add a lot of butter to steaks and stuff, I end up eating um, a lot less volume that way. Yeah, and that makes sense. And this just goes again to you can't just trust everything you hear in these kind of general terms, because even two pounds to someone else that eats only ground beef is a thousand calories less right. than somebody that's eating two pounds of ribeye. And I think people kind of tend to gravitate to ribeye rib 
when they're first eating this way because it's the tastiest, right? It's the fattiest. It's yeah. really moist. And so it, again, it's just take things in context. I really would. And um, yeah, I would really just like, this is what I say. And I don't know if this is super judgy or not, but I just try to, if I follow someone's advice, I like to try to listen to their words, but also just try to understand their lifestyle, their actions, whatever it is, right? right? And just follow someone for a long time and just see, okay, are they following what they're recommending, right? So if I'm saying you should eat organ meat, you better see me post once in a while, like me eating some organ meat. And so I try, right? So things like that. I just think it should be, you know, anybody can be a social media influencer. That's the thing. And I just think people really should have I don't know, like a kind of um, questioner mindset when you're following people and just know yeah. that you have to trust your own self too. Yeah, okay. I know a lot of us say like, don't, you should not be doing exactly what I'm doing and trying yes. to eat what I do. We share our meals. Uh, and I know a lot of us feel this way where we share our meals just as ideas and it's something to talk about, but it's yeah. not like nobody should be doing exactly what we're doing because we're all so very different. Yeah, uh, and okay. and there's you don't know what happens when the camera turns off, and that's unfortunate. Okay. But that's why it's important not to try to. You can't make what somebody else is doing going to work for you. Yeah, yeah, and people and some people that are good in the social media space, they're just great salesmen. I mean, that's just the truth. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. Anyway, so we'll move on. Um, did you see any questions come in? Uh, Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. Yeah, so I, if I hit this question button, what's going to happen? What's that? Okay, so um, let's see here. So uh, please talk about your experience working with women to regrow their hair. Um, what so, is the, you want to talk yeah. about your experience with hair loss first? So I do think, again, this is one of those things that is just so personal, and there's so many factors that I can't say that what I experienced because of my hair loss um, is what you're going through. Cause I have another friend who is now dealing with some hormone issues, which is why her hair is falling out. Uh, when she's, she does keto. I had a lot of hair loss. As you can see, this is my regrowth. It's been a year and a half and all of this was completely bald. And then my other hair back here. And so I had, you could see videos. I have a video about it. That's why I started dyeing my hair. And then I just thought I looked good as a blonde. Um, but all of this was completely bald your hair is so responsive to big changes in your body, right? And it's delayed too. So people say I've been carnivore for a month and my hair's all falling out. Well, that's not your, that's too quick for your hair to have any response. When you have a baby and your hair falls out, that's like four months postpartum. Usually when that starts happening, my hair fell out after losing hundred pounds a few months later. And then also when I had first started doing keto, I was really obsessed with my macros. And for me personally, I was eating like at the time, 50 to 60 grams of protein a day because of the fact that um, I was trying to be the perfect ratios of what they told, what my macro tracker taught me to be. And so I was definitely under eating. I felt a lot more frail. I, over the course of a year, that's another part of the reason why my hormones were affected negatively and my hair started falling out. So it was like a hormone issue, uh, under eating protein issue. 
uh, rapid weight loss really quickly after both my kids, my hair completely fell out. I went vegan for a while. My hair fell out years ago. So my hair has always been the first thing to go. Uh, and the under eating, the rapid weight loss made a big difference. That, that was big for me. And then carnivore, just eating mostly steaks and not tracking anything, still fasting. You guys know I do those extended fasts pretty regularly and 48, 72s really regularly. Uh, and I've gotten all that hair growth back and kept the blonde. Yeah, I think you explained it really well. It really is. So hair is affected by, um, it's made by protein. So it's good to obviously eat a lot of protein. We're not going to really have that issue as much. Um, obviously, I recommend that whatever your ideal body weight is and Okay, I don't want to say ideal because maybe some people have underweight um, ideal. So whatever your normal weight is considered, then you should, yeah, you should consider like 0.8 grams to be the minimal amount of protein you consume. If you are trying to heal something, you can maybe eat a little bit for just a little bit less. That's what paleo medicina does. I don't think long term you should be eating that. You need the lean body mass. So 0.8 grams to one gram per per one pound of ideal body weight. So that should be kind of the goal, um, and then. What was I saying? Oh, and so like, if your body, though, doesn't have enough fat, doesn't have enough hormones, right? It doesn't have the raw materials, the nutrients to use to then make hair, your body's going to prioritize the, the cortisol hormone, the stress hormone, the whatever hormone that keeps you alive today and doesn't care if you go bald, right? So again, it's getting to root cause and just trying to heal and eating enough, eating enough fats and not fearing fats, right? I think that's still... I feel like it still exists in the carnivore community. People are still kind of scared. If I eat fat, I'm going to get fat, right? Or if I eat excess. Yes, if you eat too much, you can gain weight for, from any kind of food. But don't fear fat. You need it for your hormones. The hormone doctor I talked about says the way she heals people that lose their period, that have thyroid issues, is eventually she gets them off all medication, but she stuffs them with fat. So they're eating like 80, 90% fat. And I was like, whoa, how do you get them to eat that much? And I mean, she's like, if you have to eat five to seven meals a day, and remember, since you're just eating meat, you're not going to really hit the insulin. So you don't have to worry about that. But it's just trying to get as much fat into your body as you are healing. And so, you know, it could, it could be a variety of reasons why you may be having hair loss, a hair loss. If it's in the very beginning, any shift in diet will cause that kind of just yeah. um, rebalancing. But if over time, like over three, six months, if you still have it, it's probably you're either under eating, you're stressed, there's something root cause that you got to focus on. And it's not the diet. That's how you see people who are like on a vegan diet. And I experienced this too, talking about brain fog. It's because your, your brain literally is missing the fat and you're needing that healing and it's making you stupid. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to say that, but it's just, it affects you. It puts you in a fog, you know? That's why I think a lot of people have the mental uh, mental health healing too when they go carnivores because that fat is so, you know, healing for your body and for your brain. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree. Yeah. This kind of goes along with it, but somebody just asked about calories. Like, why are we talking about calories? Aren't you just supposed to eat till you're full? And you can talk about the nutritional part of that, but I know from like, from my perspective, like that's never enough. There's no such thing. Like I can just keep eating. There's or I could convince myself that I'm still hungry. I think that there are, our signals are so off from years of, you know, whatever your body's been through um, that I think that that just eat until you're full is a, you should start there. Absolutely. I think everybody should start there and get off the carbs and eat as much meat as you need to as much meat and fat. And like for the first couple of weeks, just to detox from the carbs, 
But after that, if I ate as much meat as I wanted to without just until I was full, I could easily gain all my weight back, even just on meat. Yeah. So in my, of all my meat-based clients, um, especially the women, especially the women that have metabolic disease, especially the women that have metabolic disease and have weight that they can lose, they followed the two pound mantra and they were eating primarily ground beef and uh, beef. So some type of steak right. and they are coming to me because their sleep is just distraught and they have loose stools, just low, low energy. And so then I, the first thing I make them do is check their blood glucose. So right. they go on this five day trial of checking their blood glucose right when they wake up, uh, right before their meal, two hours after their meal and like three hours. And then they kind of see what's going on. And then they notice that their blood sugar is jumping through the roof. And so that is where if you consume, and I talk about this in the book, I have a graphic that straight up shows carbs may do this, fat may do this, but protein still does this too, but not as excessively as carbs. And so you can eat too much protein and it's not ideal for your body. It can stop, for example, autophagy to happen if you're if you eat every 24 hours and you're eating a lot, a lot of meat, there's a chance that you will never fully be done with all the meat in your body. So your autophagy will never turn on. If you're fasting for 36 and so on, you'll for sure turn it on. But, you know, there are these things. So when people say just eat to satiety, don't worry about calories, that's true. But again, it's context, right? So when you're first starting, eat whatever you want, right? Get off the carbs. And it's really hard to do that. So don't like try to fine tune it. Okay, I'm going to just eat liver and I'm going to just eat this. It's just too much, right? So just eat whatever meat and eat to the point that you're so full that even if you wanted some sugar, it's like you can't get it. But once you get more fat acclimated, and that takes a few weeks, and that's when you have to figure out where am I going to really sit with the macros? Because I'm telling you a lot of women that eat two pounds of ribeye, for example, their blood glucose, especially in their fifties and sixties, it's in the hundred and twenties. And so when someone is saying, just eat two pounds, don't worry about everything else. If you're not feeling good, eat more meat. Like, sorry, I'm going to call BS on it because it doesn't work for a lot of people. And again, for some people, if you work out a lot, maybe it'll work. If you're in your twenties and you're super healthy, I don't know why you'd be doing this diet, but I mean, let's say you were, um, you know, I think again, then maybe the two pounds will work. But for many women, it's more of the fat they need than the beef that I have found. Um, yeah. Laura doesn't do as high fat, but she's doing fine. Right. So again, you have to find what works for you, but to just say, Oh, I'm not going to worry about calories and the energy will just somehow magically kind of like, if you don't work out, you barely move and you eat three pounds of meat. I guarantee you're going to gain weight as a woman, especially. So that's, it's a falsity that someone's been spreading in the community or whatever. And it's just, you have to find what works for you. But if you yep. don't feel well, you're not sleeping through the night, you have less energy, you have these loose stools. These are all indications that the way you're eating is not working. When I was eating two pounds of steak, trimming some fat and exercising like crazy, I was, that was more like a, somebody's asking what percentage of fat should you be under when you're in carb manager. So at that time, during that context, I was very thin. I was exercising like crazy, two pounds of steak, trimming off some fat. That was more like 50 to 60% fat. Right now on a daily basis, I'm around 70%. So even though I'm known for like being the person that eats steak, when I track it out, just because I like to share and give some context, I'm around 70 to 75% fat. So it's not like I'm eating this super high... I eat this ribeye with all the fat included and add some butter on it and lots of salt. And then other people like Sarah is on here. I see her too talking about um, 
the fact that she eats like 80 to 90 percent fat depending on context and the healing that you have to do so you know i can't I, I don't know if you have a better answer but i can't give you the exact number that you need for me especially in the beginning I was eating as much meat as I wanted to just if I was going to sit on the couch at night and I wanted a pint of ice cream because it was 730 and it was time for my pint of ice cream that I had every day for years. Um, then I ate some bacon and cheese. And if that's what helped me to get past it, then I would do that. But after amount of, you know, a certain amount of time, you weren't going to get results necessarily that way. At 250 pounds, I still did. But once I got to be like 150 pounds, that certainly wasn't going to get me those results that I needed anymore. And and that's when you got to fine tune. It's not when you're still have a hundred pounds to lose. Don't worry about it, you know, as much. Yeah. So I had some clients that had, okay. So I'm thinking of one specific client. She probably had like 60, 70 pounds to lose. And she wasn't wanting to be, you know, like really, really thin. She just wanted to lose some of that weight. And I had her track her calories and she was eating like 1300 calories. So I was yeah. just like, what is going on? I think some of it's like adrenal stress, but she had some gut dysbiosis, but when she started eating higher fat and she wasn't eating a lot of fat. So when she started eating, I think like 75% fat, she finally started sleeping through the night. Her weight still is fluctuating. So I think she's, you know, we're still working through some gut dysbiosis, but again, it's just, it depends on where you are, but I really think you can use fat as a healing tool, especially <laughs> with women with hormones. And I, I know men have hormonal issues too with testosterone, but f since majority of my clients are female, it's the fat that makes the difference. So when they're eating two pounds, I get them down to probably like a pound of meat. Some of them can eat up to a pound and a half. It really depends. And then they eat like 70% fat in total calories, or it's 80% fat if they can tolerate it. And then if they can't do that in two meals, then I try to have them take three. And then if they, whatever way they can get in the fat as they're healing their gut, that's the way that they have then been able to sleep. And it's tried and true with so many of my clients that this has been the case. And this is why I'm finally like, I don't agree with the two pounds. I don't agree with these kind of common bulletproof mantras in the carnivore community about meat heals everything. You don't need anything but meat. I like uh, the two pounds, just eat until you're full. If you want to eat five pounds and you don't gain weight, like, sorry, I don't agree with any of those statements. In right. context, it can be true for some, but the majority that are metabolically diseased, hormone issues, amenorrhea, um, all of these things then will make the kind of results different. And you talk a lot about supplements. Do you want to, I don't know if you want to touch on that pretty, like if, if supplements are necessary is a much too broad of a question to answer on an Instagram live. Um, and you and I talk about this a lot because, you know, we have a mutual friend who, I mean, I'll say this for you, like you have literally saved her life, like with supplements. Um, and she was not able to eat a meal without going, literally going to the emergency room. Uh, and now with carnivore and supplements, she, her, she is, her life is saved. Uh, and that's because she is older and she is metabolically damaged and she had a lot of healing and a lot of stress and a lot of things going on in her body that needed healed. And I was somebody who started this when I was in my early 30s and just was fat and didn't have a lot of other issues, didn't have a lot of other things going on that needed healing. And so I am somebody who didn't need a lot of supplements uh, and I don't take supplements uh, regularly, but that doesn't mean that you should or shouldn't. It means that you're, you have to decide what's right for you and for your body.
Yeah, so I think the overarching supplements, um, you know, when I first came into this space, I was in nutritional therapy school, and I learned about the benefits when you like are deficient, or your body has been consuming 1200 calories of nutrients. So not only is it going to take a rebalancing to get the calorie uptake higher, and then your body actually absorbing those nutrients, but it's also the nutrients, right? So if your body is used to taking very little nutrients, even if you start eating a ton of meat, there's a risk of that it's not going to take in some of the nutrients. It just doesn't know what to do with it. So that's where like Elliot Overton even talks about how mega dosing supplements is then beneficial. So you kind of inundate the body with excess supplement or nutrients, and then the body kind of rebalances. And so I remember when I first joined again, the carnivore community, it's like supplements are such a bad thing. And I had such a hard time like understanding the science and what I've learned in school and just seeing even the benefits for me and then seeing the rest of the community saying supplements are bad. Right. And then, but now I've like, just, you know, with my experience with a ton of clients and just in the community, I don't believe that you need to take supplements long-term. That's really where I stand. I think that if you are metabolically damaged, you have th hormone issues, thyroid issues, uh, nutrient deficiencies, I think the, and gut healing, especially, your supplements in the beginning can help. Like even the person you were talking about, I know for sure she takes less supplements now because over time she needs them less, right? And that's, that's the goal, right? So don't suffer for a year and a half on carnivore because you're trying to grin and bear it because people say you don't need supplements. And so you're just gonna try to find natural sources of like ACV or apple cider vinegar, or, um, right. taking some glycine or something to help, but just take the damn supplements and just heal and obviously trust the ones you take and get off it after like two months. And then yeah. who cares? Who cares that you broke the code of carnivore, right? It's, it's just, to me, it's like, I've had so many clients that have healed after seven months of loose stools and being miserable because they wanted to follow it to the T and it's like, screw it. Like who cares? And it's just get the nutrients you need but I don't believe you need to do it long-term. So I think that most people can wean off within six months. The, the key will be your baseline. So as you have like consistent stools, you sleep through the night, you feel consistently okay, then let's start weaning off each supplement. I'm not a big fan of, oh, um, in my test, I show deficient in magnesium. So I'm gonna take magnesium. I'm deficient in vitamin C, so I'm gonna take vitamin C. That I think is, there's a root cause issue and you gotta figure that out. But that's kind of where I stay, stand. Um, your gut that is damaged is not going to be magically fixed by taking intestinal dead animals intestines in a supplement bottle. I'm sorry, you need probiotics. And so when someone's selling that, it, I'm like, I have done research on this. It's complete BS. Uh, you will get some benefits from glandulars from animal to human, but you are not going to get the probiotics. Like, I'm sorry if they say that it's complete BS. And so, yeah, I think uh, well, good. I'm excited. And this is, I know um, some people are asking about your book. We didn't even really talk about that specifically, but I mean, Judy's here because I love her and she's my friend, but also um, she has written a book that is coming out on December 2nd. Yes. So you can pre-order it now on Amazon. I think that, you know, we all love Judy's Instagram and the information that she gives and how straightforward she is. I think that there are other this is going to be a perfect balance between giving you a lot of great scientific information, but also really making it simple and easy to understand. It would make an amazing Christmas gift uh, for those that you love, who you're hoping to help find healing. Um, and I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about it before we uh, bring in our guests. Yeah, I just wanted to yeah, thank you for that. Um, I, I 
just don't feel like there's enough information in one place. When, at least when I started the book, I think there's a lot more now. But when I first started, there just wasn't one place that I could get all the information about everything about carnivore, whether it's the environment, whether it's the nutritional deficiencies, what kind of meat should I eat, how much fat, macros, calories, blah, 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 supplements, gut healing. So I just made a book that's really for everybody that is brand new. There might be a lot of excess information when you need to fine tune, you can use it for that too. But in the beginning, there are steps and tools and macros and even like nutrient profiles for like every various like animal that you can think of. Um, and then for people that need a fine tune, right, that there aren't sleeping through the night, I talk about sleep, I talk about your cortisol, right? I talk about these things and why maybe you don't need carbs to have hormonal health, right? So there's a little bit for everyone. And then there's a gut protocol, an elimination diet for people that are really sick that came to carnivore that, hey, if they even touch a plant, they'll get sick. And so there's that too. And then there's the introduction. If you're going to introduce plants again, here are like the safest plants you can consume and how to even do that, right? So maybe nuts, seeds, and grains are kind of like a forever no, but yeah. then maybe you can have some greens and, um, but then properly prepare them. And I talk about that. So it's just, it's, it's a big book, but I, my goal is really that I hope it educates people that they can one, be confident in the diet so that, Hey, I don't have to worry that my cholesterol is going up and my doctor's scaring me that I need to take statins or that I'm at risk for heart disease or that this diet is wrong for the environment, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then you can also then help other people. And then we can finally really get healing in the world because so many of us are sick. And let's just get to root cause healing. And I hope that this book does that for people. Yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait. It's going to help so many people. And you know, I just am so proud of you. And we've been so supportive of you for this. So Thank good. You. Do you want to bring in our, our guests, special yeah. guests? We have more special guests, guys. Let's see. Let me if yeah. Watching and if they're hearing us, let's see if they come in. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Where's your hands, kiddo? <laughs> What are you guys doing? Hi, hold up. Let me get my kids. <laughs> I know. She's going to go get Caleb and Aiden. Here, stand up, Penelope, so then I can hold Nathaniel. Our kids know each other and do video calls with each other. There they are. Look. <laughs> Who's that? Hello. 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 Hi. Let's say hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> They send each other, they do video calls and they send each other Christmas presents, right? What do you guys want for Christmas? Pokemon. Pokemon. Okay. Whoa. Um, do you know what I want? What? what do you want for Christmas? I want a toy dinosaur, a rocket gumball machine, <laughs> and also a ginormous Kit Kat. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> well, I think we lost them. Where'd they go? I always wanted a bigger Kit Kat and a bowl so I can eat the whole Kit Kat. <laughs> and we just wonder. Okay, well, can you say hi? Hi. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. 
If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com slash groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.